Hey guys, I'm Jay. And I'm A. And you're listening to Recipe and ID. I'm A, and this is... I'm Jay. And this is the first episode before Valentine's Day, so we're really excited to see you guys. And with the idea of giving out some much love, we do want to send some much-needed love to our raters on iTunes. Just so you guys know, the more you guys rate and subscribe and uh, put in your likes and your reviews, it makes us more popular on iTunes and shows up in their algorithm. So thank you so much to Husky Mom 72 for your wonderful review of our episodes. We really appreciate it. Our other listeners, if you would be so kind as to jump over to iTunes and give us a, a star rating, and even maybe if you want to leave a comment, we would love that. Yes, we would. Very much so. <laughs> also... Um, we would really love to hear from you guys. So if you guys want to hear about our next episodes or you want to give us a suggestion for an episode, we would love to hear from you. So please don't hesitate to reach out by giving us comments or you can reach out on our website, which is www.recipeandid.com. We also have all of the social media channels at Recipe and ID. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. The tick in the top. All the things. Um, every week when A does his recipe, we post a TikTok video of it. So if you're interested in seeing that. And um, I think that's kind of everything to lead into. Yeah. So like A said, we are doing a, a Valentine's Day special. Uh, episode <laughs> three is uh, kind of just themed around Valentine's Day. Yeah. Because that's next week for all of us here in, in the States. I don't know if Valentine's is not a broad thing. You know, I don't know that either. And I, what's really funny is I think from my research, you would think I would know that, but I actually don't don't know that. So maybe mm. I'll look that up and figure it out before the next episode. Also, I do want to throw it out to you guys that the more you guys rate and subscribe and review our webpage and the more that you guys get more information out there, you'll be able to hear our lovely voices more often because the more people we get listening to this, the more likely we'll start doing weekly episodes instead of bi-weekly episodes. But right now, we're still doing it every two weeks, so... Thank you guys for the love. So like Jay said, we're going to get into Valentine's Day. And like we do for most things, we're going to start with the lighter side of it, meaning the food side. Unless Jay wants to go first this week. Does Jay want to go first this week? Well, let's not uh, let's not change the algorithm. Right? Oh, right, I see. Right like that. I see how that I works. I wouldn't okay. be prepared. I mean, I would be, but no, that's no. You go first. He just likes to sit and listen. We didn't we didn't switch it up, so this is our fine, format. Fine, I'll go first. All right. So for those of you guys that don't know this, um, the history of Valentine's Day is kind of a muddied history. Um, there's really not a whole lot that goes into the specifics of Valentine's Day. For those of you that don't know Valentine's Day, if you are from abroad and you are not um, hip with the lingo, sorry, I don't know why I said that. Disregard that. Please, please edit that out. Um, <clears throat> The Catholic Church recognizes three Saint Valentines, right? There's um, two Valentine, and there's one Valent. Val I can't say it. It's Valentinus. <laughs> I can't say it. Disregard. Val Valentinus. Val Valentinus. Yeah, Valentinus. 
Um, so the basics of Valentine's Day is when you show appreciation to your loved ones, to someone that you show here, that you um, find special in your life, meaning that you send them flowers or chocolate or Valentine's Day cards are really popular at school. So you send out Valentines, which are little tiny notes to your friends and um, and the people that you have uh, that you show love and support to. So it's really, really common. That was um, always one of my favorite things in elementary school. Like, I loved all of the holiday parties, but Valentine's Day, we always used to make mailboxes out of old milk jugs. Oh, or like paper bags. it's one of bags. the things oh. that I, like, it is a core memory for me. I distinctly remember making the mailbox. And we were fortunate enough not to be like Charlie Brown in that people could choose who they gave Valentine's to. Everybody brought a Valentine for everyone. Oh, see, I hated so valentine's day very normal i hated it so much really i hated it so much i don't know if it was because like i came from i don't want to say a poor family i did a kind of poor but it always got forgotten like my either my dad forgot to buy the valentine's day cards or my grandma or my aunt always forgot so it was always like one of those things like i was like oh crap i have to give up valentine's day and i don't have cards oh see i was the weirdo i always made my valentines and i colored them and cut them out of paper oh, and did the whole thing because i was a weird kid that and... sounds like literal hell i loved it but I, i'm also nowadays, the crafter of our relationship I, so nowadays i would have i would have completely loved it i would have loved doing it in a heartbeat it is a core memory of how much i did not like it when i was in elementary school when i, I was didn't a, love when it. i was a child i was grounded a lot so i, I spent a lot of time in my room so yeah. i had a lot of spare time i can appreciate that for hobbies yeah, I was like just reading books. And making Valentine's at the age of eight years old. <laughs> you know. You, you know, like you do. You know, like you do as a little boy. Okay, so we're going to get into this. Leave Brittany alone. <laughs> so the Catholic Church does not recognize any of those three saints as the Saint Valentine. And to give you guys some, um, like idea of when valentine actually was alive the latest one was in the third century so that is a very long time ago the history books don't really take a lot of consideration on um on saints besides the notable aspects of their sainthood like martyrdom um those are really the only things that get recorded the other kind of stuff kind of gets brushed aside into these fluffy um, narratives about these wonderful people that had birds that landed on them and God blessed them with these beautiful animals that would bless them with things. I don't know. I, in my head, I'm going over like the one guy that like loved birds and other animals, which is the one I'm going through. St. Francis. Sure. That one. Yeah, He's always yeah. the one that comes to mind because Saint Francis. he has the fluffiest story of any fluffiest saint story I've ever heard in my life, which is fine. But this one is also very fluffy. You look like you were going to say something. What were you going to say? I wasn't going to say anything. I doubt that. Um, he looked like he was going to say something to me. It's very snarky. So we'll get into this. Um, although the truth behind Valentine legend is Mercury, the stories are all emphasize his appeal as a sympathetic and heroic and most important romantic figure. So a lot of his attributes when it comes to like his representation are very romanticized. Um, and from everything I've researched on it, it's more or less... Um, that the social standard behind it romanticized him. Not necessarily what he was doing was romanticized, um, but a lot of them kind of fell into that romance aspect. Um, one of the biggest things when I was looking back in the historical like novels and the whole historic ideas behind it is that there is um, three stories that kind of go with St. Valentine. I'm going to only go over two of them because the third one is very dark and it's um, 
not that's my job it's also not true in any way so like there was no historical like basis to reference that story off of it literally is like someone said this and that is what it is there's no like actual historical evidence that that actually occurred so we're not going to talk about that one because it's it's also just very weird um so the one we are going to talk about is about emperor claudius ii so emperor claudius ii in the third century um decided that men that were single were better soldiers right so he created a law that essentially said that young men could not get married until after they had either done active duty meaning that they were they were in the military and working or were of a certain age so like in their i i'm not i'm gonna throw an age out there but i don't actually know what the age was because at that time old age obviously would be a different number than what we see it as but it was notably older than what you would normally have been had you gotten married like in their 40s it was not a not a normal thing to get married in your 40s in the third century you were getting married in your 20s or even your teens right that was i was gonna say i feel like your 20s is too old well like think about that time yeah and the and the yeah it's just that's not normal right um and there were some notable incentives behind it so um they said that they were better at fighting and were more likely to and less likely to desert because most notably when you're young you're super impressionable right you believe like think about it when you were in high school you're saying like no this is what i'm going to do and that is what i'm going to do if i'm going to do it i'm going to do it right when you get older you get you like to bend those rules a little more um even though they say that's actually the opposite but that really i was gonna is. say i feel like that's opposite for me yeah in school i was very like meh and then as an adult i'm like no it needs to be this, 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 well i think you're more impressionable that's a better way of wording it i think i'm wording it wrong okay. impressionable as a young person right um so and less likely dessert and so um many roman strategists would take up this idea think of alexander the great how he always had single men in his army he for a completely different reason than claudius the second but alexander do you not know why Alexander the Great had single men in his army? I'm not a historian. Oh, God. Okay, so for those that don't know, Alexander the Great, one of the, his most not- not- notable um, portions of it, and then don't know the fun, I don't know the historical relevance behind this or how accurate it is, but I know that he rarely had married men in his armies. They were all single men. Um, and the idea was that. Um, uh, men who loved other men were more likely to fight for the man they were fighting next to. So he liked the gays. Uh, sh- yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a thing. He supported the gays. He did. Um, sure. Sure. Yep. Um, and yeah, if you want to read into that one, you can. There's there's probably a, there's a good amount of historical um facts that get brought into that i don't know it super well but i know that was his whole premise behind it so getting back to valentine um the priest named valent the one i can't freaking say valentinus 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 i think that's how you say it it's not spelled like valentine his name was not valentine his name was valentinus all right of the Roman Empire, believe you. Yeah, of the Roman Empire, uh, he was a Catholic priest who performed marriage rites during this um, decree from Claudius II. Um, even though it was forbidden, he never asked them their ages. He still performed the marriage rites, and essentially at that time, you could not. Essentially, the 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 Roman Emperor couldn't like say, "You no, you're not actually married." Once the Catholic Church went through it, you you were married. There was no way around it. Um, and essentially, uh, that was the reason why he was outlawed and then eventually became part of the reason he was executed by beheading. 
So um, that's the first story. The second story is relatively the same, follows the same premise during this during this time when Claudius II decided that he was going to no longer allow men to get married. He still performed marriage rights and was uh, put in jail, right? And he'd been put in jail three times. Now, there are historical facts behind that. Claudius did actually, that was an actual law that was put into effect. It was a real thing. Um, there was a Valentinus that went to jail at that time, right? But there is no, there were no true records on it. So you can only go so far back, especially when you're looking at records. Um, and especially about people that were executed, they weren't, they, the, a lot of the records were kind of just, once you're executed, they go away. There's no, re- there's no reason to keep them anymore. It's not like this person's going to keep committing crimes anymore. So they're, they're, there's no reason to keep their record anymore. Right. Um, but on this story, what ended up happening was Valentine fell in love with his jailer's daughter. So while the daughter was coming to the jail to help her father or bring lunch or something along those lines, they um, initiated a relationship. And so he would secretly pass her notes of love letters. Now, scandalous. Yeah, you know, scandalous. Um, or what you would call Valentine's. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Ding, uh, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. It's like in the uh, in the theater world when the title of the show gets set in the show. Yeah, right. Hey. Ah. Um, now, there's no actual proof of that relationship ever happening. And really, truly, like I said, a lot of the aspects of these stories got very heavily romanticized. So there's no way of actually accrediting that to an actual true fact. Um, but everyone likes to think of it and it's kind of a cutesy way of thinking about it even though some man got his head cut off afterwards Um, I think that's adorable right and um, he always ended it with your valentine you know because that's what you put after your letters on your valentines Yeah. what you guys can't see is Andrew puts his finger like on his cheek next to his mouth and does this like turn thing it's it's real cute it's kind of like like it's not cute think like spanky from the little rascals like trying to be cute that's what it is but it's a 30 year old man doing it so well there's that (laughs) um so this is not the only stories that they have uh, and you will never really be able to figure out what the actual true story is all we know is that it is saint valentine's day that was a true thing the catholic church does recognize this as saint valentine's day now what valentine you're actually representing we have no idea um we do know that his martyrdom came from his imprisonment essentially while he was imprisoned he was also blessing other convicts and there were convicts that were sick or elderly that were now showing signs of being healthy um which is one of the the rules of becoming a saint is you have to show that you can perform miracles um which is not a 100 percent fact we don't know how these actually happen there's plenty of saints that were not able to perform miracles or there's no actual true facts that could do it no that's obviously representative of the catholic faith and how you see it that is what it is but his martyrdom happened while he was in jail and that is a true story if you look at valentine in the catholic faith you will see that his martyrdom as a as a catholic priest for performing marriage rights as well as his miracle working in the actual imprisonment are the reasons why he became a saint or is recognized as a saint from the catholic faith cool so let's get into food i know i went on this really wonderful historical relevance that has no relevance to food whatsoever so let's get into food no but i think it's important to know yeah and i think it's a fun story interesting history on it I don't know if I ever really knew much about Valentine's Day before this. I knew that there was a St. Valentine and that you gave Valentine's Day cards, but that's really all I knew. Um, So food. 
Now, most options are always going to be geared towards couples and sharing food. So sorry to our single members or, I mean, so you would think. Um, but to be 100% honest, um, most food options are always going to be geared towards couples or sharing, you would think, when you're talking about Valentine's Day. But there are a ton of examples um, that are very contrary to that belief. Um, for example, if you go to any Wings restaurant, they always have deals for like Wings for a single pack or groups. Those are not really things like that that you would normally eat. And we'll go on why you would never eat that at a regular meal, but I do love wings. I'm sorry. I love I love some chicken wings. Um, so there are two groups when it comes to Valentine's Day. There's the stay-at-homes and the go-out-to-restaurants, and that's true for both. You can be single and go out to a restaurant because you want to just not be at home as a single person, or you can be a couple that's going out to a restaurant because you want to be all romantic and be with your partner, Right. Um, but I think we can all agree that food really is the best thing on Valentine's Day. Like, we can all agree with that. I love food. If you're listening to this, you obviously like food as well. So we're not going to split that hair. Okay, so what do you think is one of the most popular orders of food for someone that's going to stay at home? Single stay at home? Let's, do, sing at let's home. do singles. Single first. What do you think it's going to be? Okay, single staying at home. Or even like let's say groups, because a lot of times they talked about like family well, groups staying at say, home. Non, I, I would say, say non dates. When I was when I was single, obviously, we didn't call this that. But uh, there were a number of years I got together with my friends, and we called it our Galentine's night. Galentine. Mm, I mean, I was there, so it wasn't all gals, but we called it Galentine's night, and it was fun because we were single, and we hated that fact. So, hmm. um, but. Um, my head goes to like just like traditional gathering food okay and which in my head is pizza oh, okay yeah yeah that's a that's a pretty that's on the list but it is not the most popular okay so to give you guys an insight the most popular item on a menu for groups or singles that are not in a relationship going on a date out for valentine's day are chicken wings Oh, I probably should have gathered that from When I you. said chicken talking wings, yeah, chicken I wings. realized that as soon as I was talking that I was giving away an answer, but that's fine. I also think I said chicky wings. He does love his chicky wings. I also right. love Baby Yoda. Anyway. <laughs> chicky nugs. All right. Um, French fries, waffle fries, uh, carby things like breading and breads are really, really popular on Valentine's Day, especially for um, couples or not couples, for singles and like groups of single people. Filling foods and what I would consider to be comfort foods. Yeah. So, and honestly, the major draw of these is the idea from like a sociological standpoint. There's, there's tons of articles about um, the repression of singles on Valentine's Day and how they feel about it and kind of these studies, which is a really interesting take. If you're, a, if you ever worked in anthropology, ever looked at like social constructs, it's a really interesting thing to say because you have this whole day that's representative of people being together. And how does that make people feel that are stuck being by themselves? Like, really? How how does that work for you? How does it make them feel? There's a whole bunch of articles about it. But from a sociological standpoint, and from a, I would even say from a, psychology, from a psychological standpoint, there's a ton of articles that say that Valentine's Day is there when you're single, you're trying to do the most opposite thing that you can possibly do of being romantic with a partner, right? So you're being with a group of friends because you don't want to be by yourself, right? But you're also doing some of the most like repulsive thing that's still technically acceptable, but something that you probably would never do on a date with someone that you're trying to win the date for, right? Um, like eating meat off of a bone. 
I mean, I can't. What's the issue? Yeah, I mean, you and I don't count in this conversation because we enjoy. Maybe that's why none of my previous <laughs> relationships worked. Yeah, you know. Because that was never a factor for me. I mean, if you think about it from a lady standpoint, they probably don't want to eat chicken wings in front of a potential partner. That's sexist. Uh, on a first date time frame. I mean, not that Valentine's Day is a first date, but it's like the least romantic of the food. I guess I can't really have an opinion here because I'm attracted to men and I'm like, um, if I saw a woman mowing down on chicken wings in front of me, I'd be like, keep her. Put a ring on her. <laughs> I but, mean, for uh, most people, okay. eating or like getting covered in... Uh, another thing on this list is ribs. Barbecue ribs are really popular. That's another thing. If you could see Jay's face right now, he loves himself a I good... I love food. ribs. He's a, he's a rib person. Y'all um, are going to learn a lot about me. You are. You're going to learn a lot about him, about his food preferences. Um, but that being said, that's like one of the most, like, I would say the most repulsive while still being socially acceptable items is ripping meat off of a bone. So not really common. Now, for those of you that are going through your head in this entire thing, they're like, no, that's not something I would eat. A really popular thing for single eyed people are comfort foods. The things that like make you feel comfortable, mac and cheese, cheese, carbs, fats. They're like the most popular garlic bread. They're all these things. And like Jay said, pizza is a really common one too, because it's just carby and good and heavy and it makes you feel good. Um, just because it's food and it's comfort. That's a really, really, really common thing. And you're going to see it's a really commonality for most stay-at-homers. That's what they're doing. When they're single, that's what they're doing. Now, this is the one that I thought was very interesting. If you're a stay-at-home and you're a couple, what do you think you're getting? I don't know, because in my head I'm going off like what our stay-at-home is, which... We love to cook, so we don't really, like, hold back. We do, like, the same thing we do when we go out, except we just make it ourselves. Um, Let's say you're ordering in. Because a lot of my stuff is ordering in. Okay. It's not something making Ordering at home. in for home. Um, well, I know my answer, but I'll, I'll give my <laughs> is answer. Is it ribs? Chinese food. <gasps> that is the number two. Oh my International God, Asian foods are the most popularly ordered item for order-in couples. And I think the reason is, or not I think, I know the reason is. Many of the people believe the reason is for this is that Chinese food and Asian food is all shareable. It's yeah. all shareable food. It's food that you can get in a carton and you share it with the person you're being with, which is really, really common. Sushi is the number one thing. It's one of the number one things on their, on their item list. Now, obviously, sexy, right? I love sushi. So good. Such a good mm, Asian food. Asian food. So uh, what's your favorite Asian food? Mine? Yeah. Combination lo mein. I know, right? He loves his lo mein. I'm a chicken and broccoli person. I'm such a white girl when Boring. it comes to... Boring. I know. But I'm very adventurous. That just happens to be my favorite. I know. I mean, I like chicken tenders too. So there's a whole... This has a whole like standard thing yeah. going on right now. You're going to learn. Um, yeah. So Asian food is really popular. Like Chinese restaurants and sushi places uh, see a major upswing on Valentine's Day. Um, but some of the some of the standalones are always super popular. I mean, they're still going to be popular to this day and age. Steak and potatoes, um, pasta dishes are really popular. Um, paella. So for those of you who don't know what paella is, a paella is a humongous rice dish that's Spanish. So Spain in actual Spain, Spanish dish. And it's very um, seafoody usually. You can have a few that have ham and things in it, but generally speaking, it's rice and seafood. Um, and it's really those big share portions that's really what's really common um and then really hearty shareables are very very popular and those those are 
all stay at home things for the most part okay. yeah they're for the most part so um or like things you're going to cook at home sure those okay. are really the most popular now going out what percentage of people go out on valentine's day single and couples 75 percent yeah, you'd be wrong. It's 25%. What? Yeah, yeah, I know that's so weird. But I think genuinely because a lot of people think that they're not going to get an option in a reservation. Yeah, that's probably true. So they're going to get a reservation or it's going to be super crowded in the restaurant they want to get to. That tends to be the popular opinion about going out. But I think the last couple times you and I have even gone out for dinner on Valentine's Day, we've never had an issue like getting into a restaurant. It's just generally usually not like you're dinner times it's like an hour before six or an hour after eight or like right at eight o'clock yeah but i also also i also think there's like certain restaurants that are valentine's restaurants completely in in everybody's hometown but like no i can think of three off the top of my head that we would never be able to get a reservation for valentine's never 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 so for singles the most popular items to order out when you're out on a, on a thing is just like the ordering in, which I thought was kind of interesting. I thought for sure they'd be doing something different, but not really. Chicken wings, barbecue, french fries, meat and potatoes kind of food is your big go-tos. Um, yeah, they're big starchy comfort foods are the commonality there. Now with couples, the most popular foods are Italian, French, and Spanish, um, which if you think about the romance, that's kind of where they all sit they sit in those romance areas and some of you might be thinking yeah but you said steak like steak is super popular which it is um for americans steak is a super popular dish it's a really popular like go-to because it's considered very high class and high end and when you're going out with your couples you really want to buy the expensive food because you want to show how much you love them um but for those because money means love yes it does i mean food means love i mean money means food means love yeah sure i mean food and money mean love yeah okay generally speaking for those of you that don't know um original authentic cooking of a steak and actually beef steak things comes from france french the french determined and created the best methods for cooking steak um and those are still the methods that are used today right the open pit fire grilling is super super common in french cuisine using butter to saute your meats and butter and garlic and sauteed onions are very very common in french cuisine as well mushrooms right um and the truly authentic way of cooking it is from france so you'd be unfortunately wrong on that one as well um but the dishes that you're going to see are really common are your steak and potato dishes your pasta dishes seafood those shareable dishes are really really common for couples when you're going out to dinner um less likely for going out is actually your asian cuisine so ordering out and going to those restaurants is not super common when you're going out to dinner but if you're staying in it's very very common and very very popular that makes sense to me it and you know what's really funny i I did not think chinese food was going to be even anywhere near the market when it came to valentine's day but it is all over the place when it comes to valentine's day eating in for couples well it makes sense because like you said on the point when you talked about it being shareable yeah oh it's completely shareable share it and enjoy it and And i don't know why but i think it also plays in that fact like your first meal in your house or your apartment is chinese food which is what jay and i had that's an us thing yeah but i think it is for a lot of people like your first apartment that you move into i just did it because growing up i always saw anytime anybody moved into a new place they sat on the floor and ate chinese food so that's when what we did. you and I got a fir- our first place, I insisted that we eat on the floor, sit on the floor and eat Chinese food. Because <laughs> that's that's just normal. Uh, that's who I am. <laughs> I grew up 
on I, TV shows and friends things, and, and I wanted it. I did not grow up on Friends. I did. I did not watch that until like a year ago. I loved it. Um, but like that was like the quintessential like I don't know you made it moment. So for me, it was like <laughs> we're gonna have Chinese food on the floor on the in floor our apartment in the first night in every structure we own moving forward which is what we did and we've done it twice now we did it our house we did it for both um so i know a lot of you are probably thinking like yeah but where are these like aphrodisiacs right everyone always talks about these foods that are going to get you in the mood to be lovey-dovey with your couple and as i said they're not really on this list um that is both true and not true. So when I was looking at foods, I was looking at meals, like things you're going to go out to eat. Now, there are 100% things on my list that I didn't include because I don't consider them meals. They're not something that you're sitting down eating. Chocolate. Chocolate-covered strawberries. Um, your heart-shaped boxes of chocolates and things like that are very, very popular, obviously, on Valentine's Day. And they're just not on my list because I didn't consider them meals. Now, there are um, very, very popular aphrodisiacs that I bet you any money you had no idea that they are an aphrodisiac, and that's why they're super popular on Valentine's Day. Can you name one of them? I will give you a hint. I already said both of them. Sushi? No, I'm kidding. Uh, chocolate? Chocolate. Chocolate mm. is the first one. What's the second one? strawberries so chocolate covered strawberries became popular because they were advertised as an aphrodisiac um (laughs) so they became very very popular and they are still very popular so a list of very popular aphrodisiacs and foods artichokes asparagus chocolate figs oysters which is the quintessential one that everyone always knows about um spicy chili peppers uh, strawberries and watermelon um two other watermelon yeah isn't that weird watermelon doesn't it does not i don't i don't know and then two other ones that are very notable that are not nearly as popular on the list of things but maybe in other foods that you're eating pistachios and saffron are really both another one that's pretty popular on that side of it weird isn't it it's always weird i always found aphrodisiacs weird because i don't actually know if they are a real thing but it is what it is. So I am going to get into recipe for you guys. Um, I did go back and forth on this one uh, because I thought the sweets things are just super, super popular on Valentine's Day. I decided to lean away from it. I even thought about like maybe doing like a really awesome chocolate cake or a strawberry cheesecake. Both of those like passed my mind or a chocolate covered strawberry cheesecake. Um, but I think I'm going to hold out for desserts on like an actual episode that I can work with it. So I thought I would do um, what I call a very easy pasta dish that you really can't mess up. Um, it's There are a lot of steps to it, but I promise you it's not a hard one. And it's shrimp scampi. So if you're not a seafood person, you can make pasta scampi without the shrimp. Um, you can also do essentially this entire process without adding any of the paprika because I do add paprika which does have a little bit of heat to it so for those that don't like something that's spicy you can take that out if you want to I really only use the paprika to give the shrimp color it doesn't really give a lot of flavor to the actual dish itself but you can obviously eliminate it or you can eliminate the shrimp completely and not add in that could I substitute a different protein you totally could so I could do like chicken you could do chicken you could actually chicken would work very well in this dish because it would follow the same steps I already stowed for for shrimp uh, you would just have to cut up your chicken into bite-sized pieces before sure. you before you add it in. So this is shrimp scampi. I am a huge shrimp person. Jay knows that. I eat shrimp over crab and lobster all day long because I love it that much. Um, so we're going to start off. I just don't discriminate. 
Yeah, he just likes all seafood. Eat all seafood, including the sea zits. Sea zits. They are called scallops. They are sea zits. You're disgusting. You're disgusting. Um, so first, you're gonna bring a large pot to a boil uh, with salt. Um, my grandma always said, make sure your wa- your water tastes like the ocean. If it doesn't taste like the ocean, you should not be boiling pasta in it, um, because whatever is in your pasta water is what your pasta is gonna taste like. So put some salt in there. Taste your water. If it tastes like the sea, where if it tastes like the ocean, perfect. Um, then add um, paprika if you want it, salt and soy sauce to a small bowl, and toss in your half a pound of or your third, fourth pound of shrimp. Um, they should be peeled and cleaned. Um, you can buy those either frozen, you can buy them fresh. Uh, they're not very expensive if you buy them frozen. They're about six bucks. Um, but they do make a really wonderful dish when you're all said and done. So they should be deveined, peeled, and uh, ready and raw. I would not recommend buying the fully cooked shrimp. If you buy the fully cooked shrimp, I will tell you, do not add it to any skillet. Add it at the very end. And make sure you take the tails off because if you add it in the beginning, you are going to overcook your shrimp and they'll be rubbery and they will not taste good. All right. So add those to a dish and toss them until the shrimp are fully coated. In a large saute pan, add your oil, butter to medium heat. Um, When your oil starts to get glossy, it'll get real nice and shiny. You're going to, and your butter's fully melted, you're going to add a um, (laughs) half a cup of shallots and half and eight cloves of garlic. Those should both be finely diced. So uh, make sure you add them to your skillet and then they're going to get those aromatics going on it, your butter. I know it sounds like there's quite a bit of olive oil because it does ask for half a cup of olive oil. Um, Shrimp scampi is an oil-based dish. Um, There is heavy cream in it as well, but really truly this is not an alfredo like you would see at home with your cheese and your and your alfredo it's more of a oil-based um, dish so once fully melted and your um and you, you add your shallots and garlic be really careful um this is where you're going to burn your garlic it happens all the time if you're starting to see that your garlic and shallots are getting too much color turn down the heat a little bit uh and allow lower that heat down a bit Um, Once you've done that, you're going to take your entire bowl of your shrimp mix and you're going to add it to your pan of shallots and garlic at a lower heat. Uh, Make sure you cook them for about two to three minutes on each side. They're going to pink up pretty quickly. Um, Shrimp cooks very, very quickly. All right. Um, Try not to overcook these. They will cook more um, in the sauce. So we're going to be making the sauce out of this later. For this part, you're just trying to get some color on that shrimp and getting a nice color on one side of each one. The paprika should get a little more red and your shrimp should get much pink, a nice pink color. Okay. At this point, your pasta is probably ready to be drained. Um, I apologize for a dog chewing on his bottle. Yeah, he does like to do that. Uh-huh. So, um, that being said, you're gonna. This is about the point where you're gonna want to drain your pasta. All I ask is you take your one half, your half cup of pasta and uh, a half cup of pasta water out of the pasta and set that to the side. Uh, you are gonna be using it for later, and then just drain your pasta like you normally would. Now. Quickly turn the heat on your shallot and garlics up really hot. And once it's getting screaming hot, like I mean, when it's getting very, very hot, you're going to add in your um, half a cup of white wine to the pan. And this is going to deglaze your pan. So you're going to crank up that heat, get it really hot, pour your wine in, and then drop that heat back down again. And then with a spatula, scrape the bottom of the pan, get some of that nice, good, like bits from the bottom of your pan up. That's called deglazing your pan. Uh, for those of you that have ever watched Food Network, you all know what I'm talking about. It gets that nice bits, and those should all kind of like melt into your wine, all right? Um, and then 
it's going to steam. It's going to crackle with your spatula. You're going to scrape the bottom of the pan. Um, this is very, very important because it pulls up that those butter and those shallots and those garlic from the bottom. Uh, once the temperature has dropped to a good temperature, you're gonna you're gonna you'll know because it'll no longer be screaming. It'll no longer it'll no longer be steaming. That's when you're gonna add in your cream. Right there are two cups of cream that you're gonna add to this bowl. Be very careful with your cream because it's very easy to easy to scald milk whenever you add it to a dish. So heavy cream can scald. So keep an eye on it. Make sure you're mixing it regularly. Um, you're gonna and then you're also gonna add in your pasta water. Uh, and let the mixture kind of come to a slow rolling boil, right? It's gonna get, it's in a rolling boil when you're going through it. Mixing constantly, okay? Uh, let the mixture reduce, uh, meaning you're gonna want all of that water to start to evaporate that you added and leave that nice starchy goodness that you had from your pasta water and the cream. It's gonna start creating um, a nice, very thick, um, I don't even wanna say very thick. I was gonna say, is it very thick? It's not very thick. It's not like an Alfredo, but it is going to thicken up. Like enough to like lightly coat, coat the back your of pasta. A spoon. Yeah, to coat the back of a spoon. It may not even get that far. A lot okay. of scampies aren't at that point where you're going to coat the back of a spoon like you would with an Alfredo. But right. you are still going to coat. It's so you can if you really want to. Yeah. The thickness of your of your sauce is really up to you. Um, for me, from a scampi side of it, I'm expecting it to be a little more runny than I am to be more thick. But for an Alfredo, you may want a little bit more. So yeah. Um, if for some reason your mixture is not thickening like you want it to, you can get a teaspoon of, of um, flour and add it to your, your sauce and kind of whisk it in. Make sure you're getting rid of some of those limp lumps. Um, but be careful. You don't want to add too much flour because you're going to be mixing in your pasta to this sauce and it's going to absorb some of that water too. So um, there are two ways to add your pasta. Now, um, before you go through this whole thing, you're going to take your shrimp, add it to your sauce while it's still in its rolling boil. If you feel it needs to cook a little bit longer, let it cook for a little bit longer. But I'm telling you, don't let it sit for longer than two to four minutes in that sauce. You can easily overcook your shrimp very quickly. Um, and it, you don't really need to overcook shrimp. It, it'll cook completely fine, I promise. Uh, and then there are two ways to add your pasta to it. Either A, if you picked out a big enough dish, like obviously Jay would have probably done if he was cooking this, he would probably have the correct size pan. For me, I'm very terrible at this, and I never have the right size pan. So generally, I have to put my pasta. He's the worst. Yeah, I always do it he bad. He always picks a small pan. I do. I'm really bad at it. So <laughs> I grab my serving dish that I'm going to put it in, and I put it on the plate, and then I pour the sauce over the top, which works just fine. He is great at plating. I am pretty good at plating. I'll give you that much. Uh, you want to serve this hot, and then at the very last second, you're going to sprinkle some um, some parsley over the top of it. So oh, when it's all said and done, it's a really awesome dish, you guys. It's a really good, like, sharing dish, and it looks so good. Um, for those of you that have never cooked with wine, I was not a wine cooker for a long time just because I am either A, couldn't buy it because I was too young, or B, I thought it all made it taste kind of alcoholic-y. Um, the wine that you're cooking this, once you add the shallots and garlic to it, you really can't taste it. It's really more of an acid that's going to help make your creamy sauce taste brighter. It's going to cook. It's going to make that... Um, that pasta tastes much better if for any reason you are not a, a white wine person you don't want to add wine to your dish that's completely fine i would say substitute it with one cup of lemon juice and a, and a teaspoon of lemon zest a full cup of lemon juice i not a full i said half a cup no you said cup okay no i say juice from one lemon and zest from one lemon cool that's much better to say now <laughs> like i said Generally speaking, it's about half a cup of lemon juice that you're going to use to your pan. Now, that that is taking the place of one cup of wine. So wine, it, you're going to have a less runny sauce if you're going to use the lemon juice side of it. 
Um, if you're not a lemon juice person, you can light, you can add um, half a cup of apple cider vinegar, though I highly don't recommend that way because it does make it very, very acidic. If you're not a white wine person and you're not a lemon person, you I probably might suggest a different dish. Yeah, maybe don't maybe use a different dish on this one. That might be your case. But you can use apple cider vinegar. You can use you lemon can. juice. Um, I just don't um, necessarily. You know what? He doesn't endorse it. I don't endorse it. And the other thing I'm going to say is I think I just said the wrong thing. <laughs> uh, it's champagne vinegar, not apple cider vinegar. Okay, that makes a little bit better. I that was that's my issue. It's not apple cider vinegar. It's champagne vinegar, which is different. It does have a whiny taste to it, but there's no alcohol. So I'm sorry. That was my bad. It's okay. Yeah, this one's a fun one. Um, like I said, the, our recipes are on our website and they do have them posted out. I give some nice pip, tips and tricks to everything. Uh, if you are wanting to try this or you want to see it being made, you can look at me on TikTok. I will have this posted when we post our episode and it'll show you how to do all of this very quickly. But this is a multi-step step dish, so it is a little more complicated than our other ones we've done. But I'm telling you right now, it is so good. Also, when you're grocery shopping for this dish, make sure you pick up a peck of mints because eight cloves of garlic is not a very Valentine's oh. evening friendly flavor. Unless you're us who do love our garlic. I don't like kissing you after garlic. He says I love that. garlic, but that's... He says that yeah. now, but he eats garlic now. Pick up a pack of mints. A pack? Pick up a pack of mints. Pick a pack of mints. Pick up a pack of mints. A pack of mints. A tin of mints. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds delightful. Now, let me bring the room down. Down to that gritty floor. So I wanted to do a Valentine's Day murder or a Valentine's Day crime, but I just couldn't find anything that, um, I hate to put it like this, but spoke to me. Um, I can appreciate that. I mean, like I said, I was, I didn't want to do like sweets because I felt like it was overdone for Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I can, I can appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, what I ended up doing is I found a, a killer couple. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I got most of my story and information from an episode of Killer Couples from the Oxygen Network, as well as an article from the Hori News website that was written by Kathy Ropp. That's Hori like horrific, not Hori like slutty. No, that's Hori is in H-O-R-R-Y, the county in which this occurred. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. Oh, disregard everything I just said. That's okay. So my story today is about uh, Linda McAllister and William Chet Clemens. Oh. In the summer of 2017, grandmother Linda McAllister was remodeling her home in Conway, South Carolina with her husband, William Chet Clemens, who moving forward is just Chet. Linda was 64 years old, and she was described as spunky and full of life. She had two children, Bo and Dara, and five grandchildren. Uh, one of them being Jordan Hodge, uh, who is Dara's daughter. Okay. Dara is mom. L- yes. Linda's grandmother. Okay. Linda and Chet. Linda grand- and Chet. Bo and Dara are Linda's two children. Bo and Dara. Yes. Okay. And then Jordan is Dara's daughter. Linda's granddaughter. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Linda's first marriage ended after 11 years, and she had several failed relationships. And the only reason I mention that is because her son may note of it. In And the reason he may note of it is that 
her failed relationships did not change Linda's personality. Oh, she gotcha. still was very upbeat. She was outgoing. She was going out, partying, having fun with friends, enjoying life. Doing her best. Very, thing. very gotcha. upbeat. Living her In, best life. Yes, living her best life. In summer of 2016, Linda met Chet. And Dara said he looked like Sam Elliott, which I thought was a cute description. That is kind of a cute staff. I can yeah. picture that. And he kind of does. Like, he, he resembles... So this is, Sam this, is this is grandma. This is grandma's boyfriend. So Chet Elliott is who this is. Chet Clemens. Chet Clemens. Oh, he does. Oh no, he totally does. I can yeah, see it. I like, really can. He he resembles him. Yeah, he does kind of look like him. So we'll post a picture of them on yeah, our pictures Instagram. Yeah. But um in the summer of 2016, Linda met Chet and Dara said he looked like Sam Elliott. And he is very much her junior at the age of forty five. Because she's 60-something. She's 64. And... Right. Uh, I mean, that's... I mean, yeah. I mean, that is a junior. I gotcha. Yeah, she's 64. He's 45. For those of you who don't know who Sam Elliott, he is very well known for being on Parks and Rec. He was on... Um, he's the opposite Swan. He's the opposite Ron. He yes. also is on... Um, the ranch on Netflix. He's yes. the dad on that one as well. He's also a very popular cowboy. He's he, in a he, lot yeah, he of project, westerns. He, yeah, he shows a lot of westerns. If he's a lot a, of westerns. Yeah, he's been in a lot of things. Um, I can never make him like make his picture show up in my face. Ex- for some reason, that time I was able to. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. So her son-in-law, um, Linda's son-in-law, said that she needed someone that much younger because that meant they would be able to keep up with her. Because oh. she was on the go. Always she was going. Always going, always doing. You do you, Google. You do you. I Boo-boo. almost said goo goo. Yeah, I heard it. Because I was trying to say you do you, grandma, and boo boo. So you no, do you, goo goo. I, I heard that. So Linda was not a wealthy person. Uh, she had recently sold her home on the river that she owned without debt. Oh, okay. And she bought a new house. And it left with her. It left her with about one hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars extra. Yeah, okay. That she had, which is not a lot. I mean, everyone yeah. thinks that's a lot of money. That's not a lot when you were sixty-five. So Linda and Chet were married only several months after they met, and they had two dogs that Linda had brought into their relationship that they both really adored. Okay, they were. I mean, they were like their children, like Toby and Finfin. Exactly. Her granddaughter Jordan had a special relationship with Linda. She was her grandma's favorite, and according to Bo. Uh, Jordan's uncle, the other grandkids would tell you that too. Oh, okay. They, they all everyone, knew. Everyone knew Jordan that was, was, was grandma's was favorite. Grandma's favorite. Okay. She called her little Hodge because her last name's Jordan Hodge, but yep. she called her little Hodge. Uh, they maintained a very close bond even after Drew, Jordan grew up, seeing each other up to four times a week. Oh. Um, Jordan would go there after school many days a week growing up. Do you up. know how old Jordan is at this point? Um, Teenager? Older than teenager. Oh, okay. I'm like, just making sure that she... I think she's late teens, early 20s. I was just making sure she wasn't close to Elliot, to... No. Not to Sam. No. Okay. No. Actually, Linda's children are closer to the age of um, of Chet. Chet. Okay. All right. So on the morning of July 8th, a contractor called Bo to let him know that Linda and Chet were missing. He said the house is in disarray and the dogs had not been taken care of for some oh. time as there was poop and pee all over the floors, no dog food in sight, and the house was just an absolute wreck. And that's not Well, obviously, because they kept like their kids. They would never have left their dogs like that. Right. And 
I, at first, when I when I was watching the episode and they said the contractor called to let Linda and Chet know that they were missing, I was like, how would the contractor know he was missing? And then they went through the description. And I was like, okay, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Checks out. Sure. Checks out. Um, the contractor knew that Linda and Chet would not leave their dogs like that. Yeah. And that's what led him to believe they were missing. Okay. Along with Linda and Chet, their Dodge Ram pickup was missing from the driveway. Ooh. Dara Never M- a good sign. No. Uh, Dara and Bo soon realized that no one had heard from Linda or Chet since July 3rd. Dara came to check out the house then and had seen a neighbor outside and asked if they had seen her mom or Chet, and the neighbor said no. So at that point, Dara had her husband call 911, and police came to file a missing persons report. Uh, they asked for the license plate number from the truck, and Dara didn't know it off the top of her head, as most people I'm wouldn't. sorry. That is always a common question, and it's like... I don't even think I have my license plate numbers. You have yours, I know. But I only have mine because it was so easy yeah, this I know. time. I appreciate it, but I would. Ne- I don't have my memorized. I don't know anybody that has their license plate memorized. I don't either. I think I have a picture of it on my phone. So Dara thought Jordan might know the number and possibly what was going on. Uh, at the time, Jordan was not speaking to her mother or family due to them not supporting her relationship with her, with her current boyfriend, which I'm going to get into later, but I just wanted to let gotcha. that be known. Okay. Up front. I was going to ask because it seems like if Jordan was so close to grandma, why wouldn't she have been the one that caught this? But I can appreciate that. Well, but that's why Dara thought maybe Jordan would know. Which and, makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, makes sense. didn't know if Jordan would know because they weren't really speaking. Yeah. Okay. So Jordan had reported that Linda and Chet had left to attend a family emer- emergency in Ohio where Chet's family was from. Jordan also claimed that she had been charged with taking care of the dogs while they were away. Okay. That's oh, okay. easy. Tied it up yeah. in a bow. Uh, Dara was furious that Jordan had failed to feed or walk the dogs, but she was relieved to know that her mom, her mom and Chet were safe. There was an explanation. Oh, they that were. they were gone. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Bo and Dara was still somewhat concerned because Linda wasn't answering calls or texts and okay. nobody had any contact information for Chet's family. Oh. Yeah. So, interesting. but Dara being Dara, a worrying daughter. Uh, decided to go through his Facebook page, okay. and she messaged every single person on his friends list. I mean, that sounds... I mean, to be in complete honesty, if this was you or I, I that's exactly what we would do. Right. Yeah. Um, that's not crazy. Everyone out there that's saying that's crazy, that's not crazy. Not when you're concerned. Or the fact that you're listening to a murder podcast. Well, so yeah. I mean, normally you that know would be crazy, is... but not when you're this concerned. And you know where this is going. Uh, the next day, she got a message back from an unknown family member saying, quote, oh, they aren't back yet, end quote. Dara asked them to confirm when Linda and Chet were there because she needed to let the police know, and she never heard another word from that account. It was just that one message. That's so weird. Right. Two days after the first call to police, Dara went back to the house to see if she could find any clues about their disappearance. When she arrived, it was clear that Jordan was still not taking care of the dogs. While there, she noticed Linda's toothbrush was on the sink, where it hadn't been last time. She also noticed Linda's inhaler was on the counter, and it would have been in her purse if she wasn't home. She was a person who had chronic asthma and always carried her inhaler with her. So it wasn't there before when the police checked the house? The first time Dara went through the house and noticed how messy it was, it was not there. Okay. No. Gotcha. Phone chargers were plugged into the wall and a TV was turned on. Oh, so someone has been in the house since... According to Sergeant Heath Heath Watford, a detective with the Conway police, it looked as if someone just got up and walked out of the house in the middle of the afternoon. 
Okay. Even though they're worried, hoping they would return any minute, Dara and Bo decided to wait a little bit longer before they called the police again. Dara and Bo are the two kids of Linda. Correct. Okay. Um, when I first read this, I was like, that's weird. Like, why are you going to wait so long? But they're holding out hope. They really, like, in the episode, Bo talked about how he was really hoping, like, yeah. that they were just going to show up. No, I They were I, just going to show yeah. up. So it, it, it made sense later. Um, Which, I mean, I think if, I think really truly, if you had come home and you started to see my toothbrush was out, my phone was plugged in. Right. Maybe my phone broke and you can't get a hold of somebody like yes. that could very well be the case. And in this day and age, I appreciate that everyone has cell phones. So that's the case. But was right. this recent? This was, this was 2016, 2017. Oh, yes. So Sorry. yeah, not, so not far away. So I guess it is a little weird that neither one of them cell phones. Three yeah. years ago. Four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can appreciate that. So the next morning, Dara got a phone call from another one of Chet's family members in Ohio. His sister, who said there was no family emergency. His brother had called also and said the same thing. The person who reached out on the Facebook message was actually a distant relative who was confused and hadn't actually talked to Linda or Chet. That was just a random random mistake. Oh, my God. So at this point, so Dara, now they now they've been gone even longer. Yes, because now that that now vacation, at, wherever they I were think going four to. days missing. Well, four but days even, since they noticed. But even the like emergency you have to go away didn't exist. Correct. So that wasn't even a, so even Correct. that time gone was not yes. included. So at this point, uh, Dara and Bo realized that there's no emergency in Ohio, and no one in Ohio had seen or heard from Linda or Chet either. Dara had two thoughts. She said, "Quote." Had Jordan misunderstood what her grandmother had said, or did Linda purposely mislead her granddaughter? End quote. So you can see kind of where Dara is. Like, maybe grandma's trying not to be found? Oh, yeah. Okay. I can appreciate that. So the following day, Dara went back to the house for another quick look around and was immediately thrown off because her mom's shoes were right by the front door. And they weren't there before. And they stood out to her because they weren't there the day before. Okay. Dara also noticed that Linda's wallet was in her bedroom and had been emptied of cash and credit cards, along with a bank bag containing titles and keys to various vehicles, and that bag was missing. The bank bag with all the keys oh. and things was missing. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood that. I thought you said, and a, I, the bag I is missing. I wrote it in my notes. The bag is missing. The bag, the bag with those things. All of those things. Are now missing. Uh, the whole thing is missing. Okay. So this meant that someone had been in the home the night before. And Dara's husband said, good, that means they're back. And Dara disagreed with him saying, quote, it doesn't mean they were here because there's dog shit everywhere. Yeah. End quote. And she knows, as I wrote in my note, knowing her mom would this have cleaned would never, it up if they would, were home. And this would never have been a thing. Like, you and I know this. We have two babies that are our dogs. Yes. We would never in a million years leave them the way that they're being left. And if I came home and discovered them left that way, I would be cleaning up. Yeah. Like, if I had been home enough to empty my wallet and take a bake bag out, I would have been home enough to clean up all of the dog poop. Dog poop and pee and feed them. and Yeah. Right. She also noticed that a framed wedding photo had been turned down saying, quote, someone didn't like to look in their face anymore and they had a guilty conscience, end quote. So Linda and Chet's wedding picture that was on their nightstand was, was turned face down. Like they didn't want to see it. Correct. I, and Jordan is still the one that's supposed to be taking care of the dog, right? That's still supposed to be happening. According to Jordan, yeah. 
She's taking care of the dogs. Well, That's what Linda not... and Chet had entrusted her with. So why is she not taking care? Why isn't mom freaking out? Mom is freaking out, but remember that Jordan is not speaking to mom. Well, I'm sorry. And I'm mom's not speaking to Jordan. I'm still not there. If our kid ever did that, I would drive over to their house and drag their shit over to that house and be like, clean up the dog damn poo. Dog damn poo. Damn dog poo. <laughs> there you go. Dara then reported her findings to local police and they formally opened an investigation into the couple's whereabouts. Dara then decided to drive by Jordan's house to see if her mom had come home and gone straight to Jordan's trailer to confront her about the condition of the house and the dogs. Oh, okay. So she did exactly what I said to do. Correct. Go mama. Yeah. So at this point, she's like, okay, maybe Linda went to Jordan's house, like stopped at home, saw the state of the house and just went straight to Jordan's to confront her. Very true. Yeah. No, that, yeah. Uh, The truck was in fact Jordan's property. Um, but it had been backed in behind several vehicles, not pulled up like they were just stopping by. Uh, Dara had her husband call the police to report her findings, and it was then that investigators began digging into Jordan's past. So mom pulls up, sees that the car is like, sees the truck is there, but like pinned in. But when you look at the evidence photos, there's two regular vehicles like parked side by side next to the trailer oh it's like blocking and then behind that the the truck is parked parallel and kind of like hidden not hidden because it's a truck behind two cars but it's definitely in the back it's not like hey i'm coming over to let you know that i don't appreciate you not taking care of my dogs yeah well and anybody that's pulling into a driveway knows you either don't pull in behind the cars that are there so you don't block somebody in or you definitely don't park in the driveway or on that you park on the side of the road Why would grandma come in and pull it in front of these two vehicles? Right. So Jordan had always been close with her parents, but after she met Kenneth Carlisle, their relationship began to fracture. After their first date, Jordan told Dara that it seemed promising. She was really excited. Um, Kenny had a good job. He seemed like a very nice guy. Everything was good. Dara... uh, and but then like within a week of their dating kenneth quit his job and dara just got a really weird feeling from him she said dara felt that uh kenny was a player and taking advantage of jordan kenny also had an ankle monitor and that concerned jordan's parents they were told it was for assault and battery i'm sorry i'm sorry this is not funny and i'm not laughing at him but i'm sorry you you're not happy with your daughter's boyfriend having an ankle monitor? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. They're not. Wait. <laughs> Can I meet the person that is happy that their son and their that their daughter's boyfriend has an ankle monitor? I anybody out there listening? There are crime families. There. You know what? That is not true. But can, if any of our listeners would enjoy knowing that their daughter's boyfriend has an ankle monitor please message me i would love to hear your your reasoning why you like ankle monitors yes so linda also had concerns about kenny and she sensed that he was not good for jordan well as any grandma would dara and jordan's dad anthony didn't approve of kenny and his criminal past and the constant contention resulted in jordan packing up and moving out and moving out uh, that sounds about right yes she also had a major personality shift becoming very reliant on kenny and becoming standoffish with normally very close relationships uh, so jordan and kenny moved in with linda and chet under the condition that they would help with the remodel and eventually linda also reached her breaking point she reached this breaking point when she discovered that $5,000 in cash 
that she had set aside for a hot tub was missing, and she suspected Kenny had stolen it. Well, I mean, sorry. And let's all be honest. Kenny, Kenny stole, stole that it. money. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry, but if you... If there's a common denominator in a situation, right. the money was there when Chet was there. The money was there when Linda and Chet were there. Right. The money is not there when Jordan, Jordan and, and, Kenny Ch- and Kenny move in. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Jordan and Kenny ended up getting a trailer home about 20 minutes away from Linda and Chet's. Dara attempted to convince her daughter to leave Kenny one last time shortly before Linda and Chet had disappeared. Jordan refused and then blocked her mother, father, and family and friends from her phone and social media accounts. And this is why... Uh, Dara hadn't known that Jordan was supposed to be taking care of the dogs until she asked. Gotcha. Okay. They were not in regular communication. When police arrived at the trailer to question Jordan and Kenny, she reiterated the story of where Linda and Chet went. She said that Linda left the truck so she could check on the dogs, and that's why it was parked at her trailer, because Jordan's car had broken down, so Linda left her the truck. Truck. Okay. I mean, that makes makes sense. I'm not... Mm Mm-hmm. She oh, said, sorry, I was, but the truck is still pinned in by two cars, whatever. So she said that this handoff occurred between one and 2 PM on July 4th. So Jordan said, Linda gave her the credit cards to take care of the dogs, food, treats, things of that nature. Yeah. Police asked if they could look in the truck and Jordan agreed and went to get the keys while they waited for Jordan to get the keys. Kenny came to the door and the police asked for his ID. He seemed very nervous He's very shaky. He actually dropped his ID. He was shaking so much, handing them his ID. Now, he's got an ankle monitor. He's got he's a criminal been... past. He's nervous. Yeah, it's, it's not can uncom- be understandable. Not uncommon for, for people that have had run-ins with the law. Right. Uh, when Kenny was asked about the keys, he said they lost them. Wait, the truck keys? Correct. Yes. Uh, Jordan then came back and said she couldn't find the keys. So police then seize the truck as evidence. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they had to wait on a search warrant in order to open it and actually search it. Well, okay. But they seized the truck. The next morning, police got a break when they got the financial record from Linda and Chet's accounts. There were a lot of charges made after Linda and Chet went missing. So after the 4th. So starting around midnight on the early morning of July 4th. So early morning of July 4th. Like 1, 2 in the morning okay. on July 4th. Uh, multiple charges were made at a local Walmart, close to $1,000, including cashback. This included hair dye, two different types of Febreze carpet cleaning solutions, scrubby sponges, Clorox bleach, as well as food items, two window air conditioning units, a set of pots and pans, a PlayStation 4, and a security chain. Uh, no dog food was ever purchased, even though that's what Jordan claimed. That's what they have the credit cards for. Those charges starting in the early morning on July 4th and security cameras placing only Jordan and Kenny at the Walmart. So meaning they were the ones using the credit card. Correct. Okay. And it put them there about 12 hours before Jordan said her grandmother loaned her the truck and the card. Get Mm. your story straight. Yeah. This is an entire contradiction to what she said. Overall, they got and spent over $11,000 in about 10 days. Uh, Jordan and Kenny were arrested at that point for theft and credit card fraud. Sounds about right. Two days after their arrest, everyone's worst fears were confirmed when the police received a call about a discovery near a local river. 
Some people were hanging out by the river and smelled a foul odor, so they went to check it out and discovered human remains. Oh, no. When police arrived, they discovered two dead bodies hidden in the brush. They were set up back to back and covered with limbs and leaves. Investigators determined one was male and one was female. Autopsies confirmed that they were, in fact, the remains of Linda and Chet, and they had suffered gunshot wounds to the head, uh, with the weapon being identified as a twenty-five caliber gun due to the bullet found in Linda's skull. Oh, my God. Yeah. Investigators then were able to secure their search warrant for the truck, and inside they found a substantial amount of blood, as well as bloodied paper towels. In the truck bed, they found old floor mats covered in even more blood, and DNA testing proved it came from Linda and Chet. They also found 25 caliber casings, which which matched the bullet from Linda. They found that the truck had an onboard computer that could help tie everything together. The GPS placed that vehicle at certain places at certain times. The last hours of Linda and Chet's life were likely as follows. On the afternoon of July 3rd, Linda and Chet went to Kenny and Jordan's and picked them up. This was a GPS hit. The truck was then stopped for 11 minutes in a nearby wooded area, which is when and where investigators believe that Linda and Chet were shot. Uh, It is believed that Kenny shot Linda and Chet by surprise from the back seat. The navigation unit then tracked them to another location by the river, which is where the bodies were dumped. Then it tracks them to a car wash. Wait, so how, not that this might be answered, but how did Kenny shoot them from the back seat without damaging the vehicle? Oh, the vehicle was damaged. Oh, okay. Inside, okay. for sure. Well, I mean, like, there's no bullet, but, oh, I guess the bullet... Neither be... of them had exit wounds. Okay, so the bullets were inside. Okay, yes. that makes sense. All right. Um, I did not make that connection. That's bullet, okay. Bullet found in Linda makes yes. sense now. Okay. Uh, then it tracks them to a car wash, and then the Walmart trip that we talked about to pick up the cleaning supplies. Uh, they drove this truck that was still covered in her grandmother's blood. Like, continued to drive this truck. Like nothing was wrong. I, the, the oxygen special had video of them at ATMs and walking into Walmart, like nothing, nothing was wrong. wrong. And I'm watching these videos knowing that you killed your the grandma. blood from her grandmother is in the back seat. Well, front seat, front seat, back seat everywhere. Oh, so Jordan and Kenny were both charged with two counts of first degree murder. Uh, During the trial, a witness testified that he had sold a twenty-five caliber weapon to Kenny prior to the murders. Jordan's defense team argued that there was no proof of anything, that no one saw anyone shoot Linda or Chet, and no one knew who was inside the truck when it was making its journey they tracked through GPS. The prosecuting attorney called the case a story of greed, lies, and evil deeds. He theorized that Jordan came up with the murder scheme and Kenny actually shot the couple. Circuit Judge Craig Brown said that taking the evidence as a whole, there certainly was enough to send the case to the jury. Jordan and Kenny were the last two to see the victims alive. They had their truck and debit cards, and they not once but twice had gone to the place where the victims were found. He pointed to the misleading statements the defendants made about the victims going to Ohio, the DNA matches, the bullet casings, and the pictures of the defendants buying cleaning supplies at Walmart. And for me... Let's not forget should forget the condition of the truck that they were driving. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. Or the fact that if your grandmother loaned you that vehicle, and, and there was found blood it everywhere, blood everywhere, it? you're not just going to drive it for the week. Well, and how did your grandma loan you the vehicle if she was dead? Right, exactly. After their trial, jurors reached a verdict of guilty on both counts for both of them. 
Jordan's parents asked the judge to give their daughter the maximum penalty. Well, yeah. Anthony Hodge, Jordan's father, said she made her decisions. Parents have got to be parents. You can't cover up for your kids. We told Jordan every day, whatever you do, you're responsible for your actions. Both Jordan and Kenny were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Bo said all they had to do was ask, and Linda would have helped them. That's who she was. She was a giver and a helper. Um, and again, Linda McAllister was 64 years old. She had two grandchildren or two children and five grandchildren. And she's remembered as a helper, a giver, and a wonderful person. William Chet Clemens was 45 years old, and he had been married to Linda for less than a year. He's, remember, he's remembered as a gentle and kind man whose Linda family referred to as a very sweet person. Oh, that's so that is sad. the unfortunate case of not just a killer couple, but also a killer, or not a killer, it is a story of a killer couple as well as a couple being killed. Yep. That's sad. Um, okay. it, extremely sad. I, it, mm, yep. Yeah. So I did want to just like bookend that one um, because while I was listening to it the entire time, I'm going, well, what if Jordan was being domestically abused and forced to do what happened, which I do 100%. I completely understand why that, where that could be a thing. I don't think in this case that's actually the case, but I did want to throw it out there that if you're ever someone that is in the process or in uh, domestic partnership or uh, abusive relationship you can always call 1-800-799-SAFE or 7233 so that's 1-800-799-7233 or you can visit um, the hotline which is t-h-e-h-o-t-l-i-n dot l-i-n-e dot org um, and it is 100% set up to be um match so if your if your internet history is being watched by your domestic abuser um it automatically wipes itself it can be erased completely from the internet uh if you're concerned for your internet usage please make sure that you uh call that number um we always want to give you guys a chance to reach out if you need to um but i did think that this entire yeah, conversation is such a absolutely such a sad uh way to end our episode but like you guys come here for the murder and the recipes so you kind of saw that coming yep um, but yeah, that, that was our episode about Valentine's Day. Yay. Um, once now again, go love each other. Yeah. Go love each other. Make my shrimp scampi. I'm probably going to make it again. Cause it was, it's, we haven't made it yet. Just so you guys know. Yeah. We make it after we, after we do this episode. So I'm going to make it soon. Um, but yeah, I'm once again, to our episodes release every two weeks. If you want to hear our voices more often, please rate and subscribe. Um, give us comments. We would love those. Yes. Thanks guys. Thank you guys for listening. So thank you guys for tuning in. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at recipe and ID. So that is the at sign recipe and A N D I D. You can also find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, or any other podcast platform that you use. You can also visit our website, www.recipeandid.com, where you'll find all of our episodes and recipes featured in the show. There's also contact information if you'd like to reach out and suggest a topic. So keep your bellies full. And don't be a criminal.